Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman, in a week where international affairs are once again dominated by events in Egypt. The Financial Times' Michael Peel is in Cairo and has been watching events unfold there over the past week. I spoke to him earlier today and said that Friday, the day we were speaking, had been billed by the opposition as the day of departure for President Hosni Mubarak. So how are events panning out? Well, it's actually been much calmer than the previous two days so far. Um, dusk is, is approaching in, in Cairo. Um, I was out in Tahrir Square earlier and the mood was good. Um, it was relaxed. There was a, a mix of, of demonstrators, um, mostly men, but um, also some women, some families and children there as, as well. Um, it didn't, the streets didn't have the same feeling of, of tension and threat that they've had over the last couple of days when there have been a lot of President Hosni Mubarak supporters out in, in the streets, especially at certain locations. So that all felt um, a lot better. We did see a, a small pro-Mubarak group, probably only maybe a couple of hundred people um, marching past the hotel, but away from the square rather than, than towards it. And you know, also it was different in intensity from um, last week, Friday, where uh, after Friday prayers, everything kicked off. And and uh, that was the cue for um, pitched battles between protesters and, and police, or rather protesters marching on police lines and the police uh, unleashing a ferocious response of, of water cannon, tear gas, and, 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 and rubber bullets. That just hasn't happened today. There, there are no police on the streets. Um, the pro-Mubarak uh, violence faction has pretty much disappeared. Isolated reports of stone throwing in one or two places, but nothing like the, the previous couple of days of, 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 of rocks, Molotov cocktails, um, gunfire, and, and, and all the rest of it. Now, uh, you've been, as you say, watching this for, for a week in Cairo. A lot of the early commentary focused on the idea that this was essentially a, a leaderless opposition. Is that still the case, or is it a more coherent movement now? Well, the, the opposition parties are um, talking among themselves and are clearly still sorting out a, a position. And, and, of course, one of the things about this, um, uh, this, this uprising is that it, it didn't emerge from an opposition party. It, it, was, it was triggered in part by, um, by bloggers, by, by um, yeah, activists online. But um, then, of course, um, that doesn't uh, go anywhere near to explaining its intensity. And, and that clearly has tapped into a, uh, you know, many broader feelings of... Of, of discontent um, and one theme of um, the last few days particularly today has been that people um, really still uh, those who are protesting against um, uh, are protesting for the immediate departure of, of, of Mr. Mubarak many really don't have a clear idea of what will happen next um, and people have different ideas about changing the constitution, dissolving the parliament, different ideas about how a transition might be achieved but one thing that they are 
united in still, it seems, um, the protesters at least that, that I spoke to, is a, uh, a desire for Mr Mubarak to go at once, even um, with the, 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 the warning he, he issued again yesterday that, that the country would uh, descend into chaos uh, if he left. And uh, one person said, one protester said to me today, well, you know, it already is chaos. Um, the stability argument just doesn't work anymore because of what's happened, and especially the you know, intensity of, of the last few days with the violence un unleashed by um, some supporters of, of the president has, has left people feeling that uh, you know, it's just not um, satisfactory, his, his promise to, to um, step down when elections are due in September. But as to what comes next, um, there's still great uncertainty about that. You say the opposition are kind of talking amongst themselves about how to handle this situation. Is there any sense of a more organised or united front on the part of the pro-government forces? Because, again, it seems from the outside a bit mysterious. You'll get hints of a crackdown, the unleashing of the pro-government forces on the streets, then they mysteriously withdraw. You'll get Mubarak uh, making statements about you know, wanting to fend off chaos, but also saying, well, he doesn't really want to stay on anyway. And then there's the, the big question of what is the army up to? At times it seemed to veer towards the demonstrators. At other times they've been accused of being complicit in the violence. And is it correct, do you think, to think that it really, in this situation, it's the army that hold the key? Well, certainly people um, who know the country well say that they play a very important role and that their position is crucial. And uh, one of the striking things uh, since being here over the last 10 days has been um, the, as you say, the sort of shifting perspective one has on what the army are doing. They arrived on the streets last Friday to a hero's welcome um, and on the streets uh, outside Tahrir Square, you had people waving at them, cheering at them, climbing onto tanks to give soldiers kisses because they felt the army is you know, the honest broker. It's on the side of the people. They're not like the police, who, of course, are, are despised and, and, and feared as, 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 as agents of the, uh, the regime, as many people see them. Um, but, um, but then, of course, when the... Um, uh, violence from 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 some of the pro-Mubarak factions started up. Um, the, the army didn't seem to um, want to uh, intervene, and 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 there was a strong sense that it was hedging its bets, perhaps uh, about which way the situation would go. And then you know, moved into another phase yesterday, where there were some reports of soldiers, maybe even acting as individuals rather than institutionally, intervening to stop violence by pro-Mubarak mobs. But then other reports suggesting that that they weren't intervening. And now, yesterday, uh, outside the National Museum, I saw the army deploy between a front line of uh, a makeshift barricade uh, set up by uh, um, by anti-government protesters and a, and a, a, um, a pro-Mubarak faction. But then later in the day, they disappeared. So um, they, they have flitted in and out of this, this conflict, and you know, their, their position is still really not clear. And clearly, there, are, there must be all kinds of talks going on behind the scenes, um, both politically and one would assume involving the, the army as well. OK. Last question, Michael, and uh, it's a brief reply because it's in, a, in a sense it's, it's unanswerable, but I guess, uh, mm. and we have to be clear that we're talking as events are moving, but I suppose what, what I'd like to ask is that at the beginning of today, people, a lot of people did think, you know, this is going to resolve itself quite quickly, either in a horrible, violent way, or Mubarak will go. Yeah. Do you think we're now looking at something which is, might well be much more protracted, uh, take weeks? I think that is certainly a possibility. Um, uh, I think that if you look at the last 10 days 
in total, um, you, uh, the lesson is that you, you, you see two sides who ultimately um, have been very reluctant to give ground, resisted giving ground, even when, uh, when under intense pressure. And that goes for both the protesters when they were under siege. And it also goes from uh, for the government side, with Mr. Mubarak repeatedly saying he won't stand down with the counterattack by some of his supporters this week. So um, I think that any prediction that this will definitely resolve itself soon would be would be foolish. It may, but equally a very messy, protracted um, outcome for this, I think, is also very possible. That was Michael Peel in Cairo. Well, just across the Mediterranean from Egypt, but a world away, lies the European Union. And EU leaders had a summit going on as events were unfolding in Egypt over the weekend. So I asked our correspondent at the summit, Josh Chaffin, if European leaders' debates were being dominated by events in Egypt. Absolutely. Uh, The summit was nominally supposed to be uh, the first ever EU summit dedicated to energy policy, but it's it's more or less been overtaken by Egypt. And there was a a statement, uh, much of the lunch was was spent dedicated to discussing Egypt, and there is now a a statement from the uh, 27 uh, heads of governments that, that has come out. What are they saying? They're basically echoing uh, the same kind of, of calls that you've had from the U.S. and uh, in the U.K. in the last week. They're calling for for an orderly transition process towards a democratic and, and broad-based government. And they're also calling for uh, political reform and not uh, not repression. Yeah. Um, I think one of the maybe one of the most interesting parts of the of the uh, communique is a, is a fairly bland bit of language where they just mentioned the terms of a bilateral agreement that the EU struck with uh, with Egypt in uh, 2004. And it, what they seem to be doing is making an oblique hint that about 100 to 150 million euros a year in, in aid that the EU gives to Egypt for uh, democratic reform and economic reform and so forth, that it, it could be at stake if... Um, if uh, the government doesn't follow through with some of these uh, with some of these demands. Now, my memory of EU summits is that one thing that the Europeans specialise in behind the scenes is kind of self-flagellation about how badly they're doing, and there has been commentary that uh, Europe has been pretty well absent from the discussion. Everybody's very preoccupied by what role Washington's playing, but Brussels doesn't seem to feature. Is that a concern? I think it is. I think there's a, there's certainly an acknowledgement here that there's perhaps limited. Uh, leverage or, or influence uh, for Europe. Uh, some diplomats have said, you know, this is probably a case where the U.S. will have have more influence. Um, if you look at the amount of money at stake here in this association agreement, it's, you know, what 100 to 150 million euros a year uh, against more than a billion a year in uh, in U.S. aid. So I think there's there's on the one hand there's probably less leverage uh, on the European side, and of course you have 27 leaders and you have people making errant comments or, or people certainly with different points of view. Um, Silvio Berlusconi on the way in today uh, sort of undercut the EU message by praising President Mubarak as, as one of the wisest men uh, and suggesting that there, there should be or could be continuity in the government. So it's the usual EU challenge of trying to get everybody on the same page. That was Josh Chaffin in Brussels, ending this week's World Weekly. So until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corian provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.